I don't know about y'all, but I had some times in my life that I just didn't know how it was going to all pan out. <laughs> I didn't know what was going up. I didn't know what was coming down. I didn't know what was coming at me. What I, I didn't know what was coming towards me. But I, I, I realized a long time ago that God is faithful. So I honor God this morning. I thank him for himself. And I thank him for Jesus Christ, his son. And I thank him for his precious Holy Ghost that allows us to live a life that's pleasing unto him. I honor my pastor this morning, the Reverend Dr. Terrence Archery, in his absence. I thank him for this opportunity. I thank him for this privilege to speak to you this morning. I honor his wife, Reverend Lisa Archer, who is in the building with us this morning. Thank you, Lisa, for being here. I thank the Lord that he has brought them back from their trip. Everybody ought to get a little vacation every now and then. So I thank the Lord that they were able to get away for a while. And I thank all of the ministers who went before me that we were able to keep the church going as while he was away. I thank those who are in the room. Thank you for being here because you could have been anywhere. There are many churches that you passed many churches to get here. So I appreciate you for being in the room. And to those of you who are online this morning, also, whether you're watching this morning live, whether you will watch later on in the week, the month, or the year, we thank you for stopping by Christ's community because we do know that there were many churches, there are many places that you can tap into. But we appreciate that you tapped into us this morning. So this morning, our scripture comes from 1 Corinthians 9, verses 24 through 27. 1 Corinthians 9, verses 24 through 27, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And it reads this way. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it for, they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and I bring into subjection, let, bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should be, become disqualified. And my subject from which to preach this morning is running to win. We're running to win. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you so much for your faithfulness. We thank you for your mercy shown towards us. It is indeed a privilege and an honor and a pleasure to be here this morning, God. We give it all to you. We want to... Uh, we want you to be pleased with our praise. We want you to ple be pleased with our worship, God. We want you to be pleased with our lives. So now, Father, I ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, who gives me strength and who has redeemed me. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. In the uh, ninth chapter, uh, I'm sorry. Yes, in the ninth chapter of 1 Corinthians, we find Paul. And y'all know Paul. We know Paul. We know that Paul uh, was initially named Saul. And he, uh, he was killing us. <laughs> Paul's mission was to kill us. 
So he was persecuting us, the Christians. And then one day on the Damascus Road, uh, he met Jesus. And the man who was killing us became one of us. So now he's no longer killing us, but he's one of us. And he has give, now he has given his life to bring everybody to be with us. So now Paul's mission is that all for everybody he comes into contact will be coming, coming to the saving grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And then Paul went on to write most of the New Testament. And everywhere Paul wrote, every church he visited, he wanted us to do better. He wanted us to be better. He wanted us to live our lives so God, Jesus would be pleased with us. So in the ninth chapter of 1 Corinthians, Paul starts out, because in the eighth chapter, he was defending himself. They, they were giving him the business about his liberties. And, and he said, because I love Christ and I love his people, there's some things that I would give up. In the, in, the, in the eighth chapter, he said, he would give up meat. Now, I don't know if I would, but Paul said, he would give up meat because, he, because of the love he had for the Christians, because he didn't want others to, to um, stumble. And then the ninth chapter, he begins um, defending his apostleship so to speak. Yes, I was, yes, I'm apostle. Yes, I saw the Lord. Yes, I could, there are some liberties that I could take, but I don't take those liberties because it may cause others to stumble. And then he says, I become all things to all men that I may save some. His whole issue, his whole, whole desire was that men and women would come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ, that he would receive his reward. So now, it almost seems like in the 21st verse that he takes kind of a right turn. Because when I was studying this, I was like, how did we get from there to here? But now Paul is talking to the Corinthian church. And he is beginning to give them an analogy of the Isthmian Games. And the Isthmian Games are what we know to be like the Olympics. And he is saying to the Corinthians, he is saying to the people, now you, you know about the Olympics. You know, most people who have mounted this stage talk about the Cowboys uh, or they talk about the Lakers or something other like that. So, so we talk about what y'all know about. So he talked to the Corinthians about the Isthmian Games. And so in the Isthmian Games, you had to qualify. You couldn't just show up and do it. You had to be prepared. You had to get yourself together. So my first point is if you're running to win, you got to be radically committed to excellence. So you couldn't just show up at the Isthmian Games. Yeah, y'all, I'm here. I came to run where I stand. You, you had to prepare yourself. There was a special diet. There was a special uh, athletic prowess that you had to have to be able, even be able to qualify. So it's, it's kind of like this, and, and, and I have a peanut gallery over here, but, but, but if your child, or even if you decided you wanted to join some kind of uh, football team, some kind of uh, 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 track or anything, now, I would, if my child came to me and they said, hey, mom, uh, I don't have no children, hey, auntie, <laughs> I, I want to be in this game, this race, this, this football, whatever, and, and, and my first question would be, all right now, how much is this going to cost me? What, what am I going to have to do? Uh, is there a registration fee? Uh, uh, Y'all seen that commercial where the little boy says, uh, Mom, uh, you have to bring snacks tomorrow. And she said, tomorrow, tomorrow? So I, I, I'm going to need to know how many tomorrows I'm going to have to bring snacks. I, I'm going to have to know if you need pads or, or, or cleats or, or what you're going to need. 
I'm going to need to know what is it going to cost me for you to be in this game, this whatever you're trying to be in. And now once I get that in my mind, and I, and I contemplate that, and I say, okay, okay, we can do that. Here's the deal. If I play, pay, you play, and you got to stay. You, we ain't gonna be, you ain't going to be doing the same thing I'm doing. We're going to be sitting there looking at the other team play, at the other children run up and down the field, at the other children run the race. If I pay the price, if I got to bring snacks on tomorrow, tomorrow, you got to play and you got to pay. I don't want to hear this about you need some TikTok videos and you want to go to the mall and you want to you wanna sit at home, you tired. and you sit. I ain't trying to hear all that because I have paid the price. So you got to play and you got to stay. The Christian life is like a race. Paul talking about the Isthmian games, I'm talking about us. The Christian, right, the Christian life is like a race. And the registration fee was paid on Calvary. Rev talked about it last week, that Jesus hung between two thieves. He shed his blood. He died. He went in a, in a grave. He got up with all power in his hand. He paid. If you are a Christian, you play, and you better stay. If you're going to run to win, if you're running to win, you better got to be radically committed to excellence. You ain't just running to run. I'm just showing up. Running is not just motion, motion movement. It's, it's attitude, not action. It's attitude. It's not just movement. It's, it's motive. Why are you here? What you come for? Sometimes we all just act like, I'm glad I showed up. I, they ought to just be happy I came. They ought to just be happy I sang. They just ought to be happy that I'm standing on the door. We running to win. You got to be committed to excellence. Salvation is free, but it ain't cheap. Salvation is free. Jesus paid. You play, we stay, but it ain't cheap. It costs you something. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, most of us ascribe to what's called a cheap grace. Give me the goods of being your child. Give me the cars and get, we're going to recover it all. Give me, give me the houses. Give me my man. Give me my woman. Give me all of that. But don't call me to a life of commitment now. I can't be committed to what you're talking about. Radically committed to excellence. He paid. You play. And I'm here to tell you, you better stay. Because Jesus paid the price on Calvary. Now Paul goes on to say in verse 25. That everyone who competes. Because he said, we all running. It's a race. And we all get to run. Everyone who runs competes. And that word competes comes from the Greek word agonizomai. Agonizomai. And it's where we get our English word agony or agonize. <laughs> Suffering. Uh, I talk about it most of the time. I grew up in Monroe, Louisiana at Deuteronomy Missionary Baptist Church. 
And at Deuteronomy Mission of Air Baptist Church, they do something called opening the doors of the church. As some of y'all know about opening the doors of the church, some of y'all don't, but that's all right. When you open the doors of the church, that's the invitation. So they would open the doors of the church, they put some chairs down there, and they open the doors of the church, and you'd come, and they said, if you give uh, the preacher your hand and God your heart, everything going to be all right. Oh. Well, technically, that's true. Technically, that's true. <laughs> but along the way from hand to uh, all right, there's a lot that's going to happen. So we're in the race. We're competing. We're running to win. You have to be radically committed to endurance. The Christian race presupposes pains and problems. <laughs> it's going to be pains and there's going to be problems. You're going to give God your, the, the preacher your hand and God your heart, but you're going to have to deal with some stuff. There are going to be some things you got to go through. I went to the movies last week, and I saw uh, uh, The Woman King. And I'm not going to give the movie away in case people have not seen it, but there was something that happened in The Woman That's my nephew, y'all. There was something that happened in The Woman King that was really significant for me. Uh, I, I, I honestly didn't understand everything about the movie. Some of the African dialect was like, what? It, it was a little different. But there was something that happened. They, they were running this race. They, they, there were some contestants, and they were trying to get on this, this team that the woman king had. And so they had a, 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 a variety of things they had to do, like, like unto an obstacle course. And, and, and so they, they got to one section where there was a, a big old briar of thorns, a big old, uh, a, a big uh, thing, bramble bush of thorns, nothing but thorns. And they had to go through those thorns. And, and, and they didn't have on no snow swoop. They didn't have on no ski boots. They, they, their arms were out. Their legs were out. They had on like a little loincloth thing. And they had to go through them thorns. And they had to go, in order to get to the next part of the race, they had to go through them thorns. And every time they'd get in there, the thorns would stick them in the leg. And then sometimes the thorn would stick them in the arm. But they had to get through them thorns to get to the next leg of the race. The Christian life is like that. This Christian race is like that. There's a whole bunch of thorns along the way. They're going to talk about you. Sometimes you ain't going to be able to pay your rent. Sometimes they're going to come get the car. Sometimes your relatives going to die. We went through COVID and a lot of folks lost some relatives. Sometimes you're going to lose your job. Sometimes you're going to almost lose your mind. But you got to keep coming through the thorns because you can't get to the next step till you get through the thorns. Radically committed to endurance if you want to run the race. Ah. And then, then something else, just about the time I was about to check out again, something else happened. Something else happened. Nawi was the little girl. She got through the thorns. She got through her part. She got through her thicket. She had thorns sticking out. She made it through. But then she looked back, and she saw her friend. And her friend was still, she was stuck. Her friend was trying to make it. She turned around, and she went and got her friend. We all run in the race. We're all trying to win, so you don't have to kick somebody else over. If you see them struggling, you can go back and get them because there's a prize for all of us. If we keep running, all of us can win. So you turn around. You turn around and you get your brother. You turn around and you get your sister.
system. And you help them through the thorns. Radically committed to endurance, you're going to go through something. Now, just about the time I was getting ready to check out again on the movie, something else happened. And, 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 and now we were, were sitting in this little dark space uh, with the lady who I, uh, appeared to be her mentor. And then the woman king came. And I really can't remember if the woman king helped. So if you watch the movie, say, she didn't help. I can't remember if she did or not. But her little mentor, her mentor friend, was helping her pull the thorns. <laughs> she, was, she was helping her pull the thorns out of her arm and helping her. She was, she was binding up her wounds. She was helping her with her wounds. And, 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 and we're going to go through. <laughs> we're going to go through. We're going to go help somebody else through. And then sometimes we're going to sit in the dark and we're going to need some help with our wounds. Because we're running this race to win. And, and God's going to send us somebody to help us. But every now and then, every now and then, he, you may not have a mentor. You may not have a friend. Other, other, your friends got wounds too. They can't pull your thorns out because they got their own. But aren't y'all glad that Jesus sent his Holy Spirit? Aren't y'all glad that he sent the paracletes? Aren't y'all glad that late in the midnight hour, he really can't turn it around? Aren't y'all glad that the Holy Spirit is there to help you bind up your wounds? Ah! If you're going to run this race to win, you have to be radically committed to excellence and radically, excuse me, committed to endurance. The barometer for spiritual maturity is <laughs> not how much you do. It's not how many times you come to church. It's not how many Bible stories you know. It's not, how many, it's not even how many scriptures you know. So you know one, Jesus wept. That's the only one you know. That's okay. The barometer for spiritual maturity is how much can you bear? How much can you bear? When they hurt your feelings, do you stop coming? When they talk about you, do you stop coming? When, when, when they, don't, they don't call, why is she up there? I can preach too. When, when they don't call your name, do you run out and be through? When there's something to be done, do you call your whole list of stuff you got to do at home? We all got jobs. We all kids. We, got, we all got something to do. But we running to win the race. To receive the crown. The barometer for spiritual maturity is how much can you bear. And I got one more and then I'm done. I'm going to go on about it here. Ooh, in verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body. I do it. I don't need nobody to call me. You can't call me out, but I, I do it. I discipline my body. I call myself in alignment. I tell myself when I'm doing too much. I put myself in time out when I'm showing out. I fuss at myself. Sometimes I do. I tell myself, J.D., you're doing too much. You need to stop. <laughs> Paul says, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached. Now that word preach there means herald 
the news. When I tell the good news of Jesus Christ, and it's not, so, so y'all don't get it twisted, it's not just being up here on this podium. It's every, your life. The Bible says we are epistles read of men's every day. Your life is a sermon. Your life is preaching. I tell people all the time when they talk about they want to be in full-time ministry, wherever you are, you're in full-time ministry. If you work at the bank, you're in full-time ministry. If you work at Walmart, you're in full-time ministry. If you park in the cars, you're in full-time ministry. Wherever you are, you're in full-time ministry. So that's when I have preached to others. So in the Isthmian games, there's something called an umpire. In the rest of the games, too, there's something called an umpire. And the umpire gathers the contestants, and then he tells them the rules. So he gathers up the folk that's going to run the race, and then he tells them what the rules are. So Paul is saying <laughs> that we are an umpire, and we are contestants. So if you're going to preach the rules, if you're going to announce the rules, baby girl, baby boy, you better live by them same rules you're announcing. You can't tell everybody else what to do and you do what you want to do. You got to live by the same rules that you are announcing. And I'm sad to say that now there is a gulf between what we say and what we do. I'll say it again for the people in the back. There is a gulf between what we say and what we do. You have to be radically committed to integrity. My third point. Radically committed to integrity. These days, ain't nobody's word they bond no more. These days, every time you say it, people say they lying. Okay. I'll be there at eight. Yeah, they'll be here at nine. I can do it. No, they ain't coming. I'll see y'all. No, they, you, you, all, you already. That, that's why we say stuff going to start at, at 930 at, at nine and know it's going to start at 930 because we can't even be honest enough to get somewhere on time, let alone do what we say. I grew up in a time where your word was your bond. I, I was taught, you ain't got nothing else but your word. And when your word ain't no good, you ain't no good. You got to be radically committed to integrity. We got to do what we say. And then Paul says, lest after I have announce the rules and not follow the rules, I'd be disqualified. Now, this word disqualified does not mean loss of salvation. It, 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 once you have come into the saving grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, accepted him in your heart, believe in your heart, accepted that he is Christ, that he's, he died on the cross and he rose from the dead, you are saved. You are sealed. You are saved. But however, <laughs> however, <laughs> There, there are rewards. There is a reward that awaits you. And, 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 and I look at it like this. Uh, my nephew, Calvin, is graduating next year. Give it up for Calvin. And 
One day my sister and I were talking about the ranking in his graduating class. And uh, it's like 700, and I don't remember, so for this I'm gonna say 720 because I don't remember the exact number. So it was 720 people. So on May 31st and June 1st of 2023, 720 people gonna graduate. But now somebody gonna graduate number 720. And to my knowledge, the ranking is not in alphabetical order, so Xantham will not be the one who graduates number 720. But somebody will. So when we go to uh, Sam Houston High School graduation next year, 2023, and we begin to look at the program, uh, there are going to be some somebody who graduated magna cum laude. Somebody going to graduate summa cum laude. There's going to be some children there that's going to have honor ropes on. When they play pomp and circumstance, they're going to have the honor ropes on. When we look at the program, there are going to be some people with some asterisks by their name. And they're going to say that they made the president's list. They're going to say they made the dean's list. They're going to say that, that they got a, a certification in auto mechanics. They're going to say they got a certification in culinary arts. They're going to say that they got a dual degree from Tarrant County College. They're going to say that they, have, they were on an honor society. They're going to say that they were in the, in the student union. They're going to, they're going to have these rewards for the hard work that they did. <sighs> when the graduation comes, what's your reward gonna be? Are you gonna graduate summa cum laude, magna cum laude, or thank you, laude? If you're running to win, you have to be radically committed to endurance, have to be radically committed to excellence, and you have to be radically committed to uh, integrity. Thank y'all for helping me. Integrity. The race is hard, y'all. We think it's easy. Because we just want all the goods. We just want to be um, get everything God has for us. I'm going to get ready to close. I have a lot of favorite songs. And my new favorite song on Pandora that my nephew Omari tried to come for me yesterday because he said, don't nobody listen to Pandora no more. <laughs> but I do. <laughs> My new favorite song on Pandora is, I Shall Wear a Crown. Because Paul said that this race was for an incorruptible crown. The folks in the Isthmian Games were running for a wreath. They were going to get on a beamer and they were going to get a wreath. The Dallas Cowboys are running for a ring. The, the Lakers are running for whatever you get. I don't know if you get a ring. In you see, I'm not an athlete. And there's only a few of those rings and crowns to get. But everybody, because Paul said we all run. And if you run your particular race in a way to win, you too can get a crown. And my favorite, new favorite song, I shall wear a crown when it's all over. 
Because it's going to be over one day, y'all. We're not going to live here forever. And whether I die today or die 50 years from now, I want to be able to hear the Lord Jesus Christ say to me, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Come on up a little higher. You've been faithful over a few things, and now I'm going to make you a ruler over many. I shall wear a crown when it's all over. The song says I'm going to put on my robe, and I'm going to tell the story of how I made it over. I shall wear a crown. I'm going to put on my robe and tell the story how I made it over. When? Soon as. <laughs> Just as soon as I get home. Revelations 22 and 12 says, Behold, I, Jesus, am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give each one according to the merit of his deeds. Will you get a crown? Are you running to win? Or are you just running to run? Are you in this life to make a difference for the kingdom of God? Are you just here to make money? And I ain't mad about no money because I like money. I ain't mad about no things because I like things. But what is your ultimate goal? Running to win. I shall wear a crown when it's all over. Amen.